The following recording is a chapter of La Galerie Louise, an audiobook based on a novella written by Pachiba Ross between 2015 and 2020. The full novella includes seven chapters and an epilogue. In a period in which she was agonizing over writing artist applications, Ross felt she was facing an artistic crisis in her practice. She distracted herself by writing a memoir about her side job as an aggressive sales clerk for Dead Sea Cosmetics. The side job wasn't something she was particularly proud of. Although it demanded her intellectual talents and skills, it also required applying some devious personality traits that, at times, felt morally questionable to her. Moreover, it gave her the feeling of getting off track from her own art practice by being too invested in something so detached from the art world. She felt the necessity of defending herself, and the memoir served simultaneously as a written confession. But in taking up this task, she came to see the complicated reality of her daily life as a compassionate marriage between two worlds, the art world and the merchandise world, an alliance that left her appeased with both. She began to see her side job as a crucial part of her artist's trajectory, if not even her actual artistic practice. La Galerie Louise, an artistic statement, a novella, a confession. Written by Batsheva Ross. Read by Ella de Burka. Chapter 1 My name is Batsheva Ross and I am a real artist, but I earn my living as a con artist in a cosmetics store. I work at a store in a shopping passage called La Galerie Louise three to four days a week. The store is located in the wealthy centre of Brussels, not far from where I live. The store which I am responsible for, is located in an empty part of the gallery. The glorious days of La Galerie Louise have become a distant history, or so I am constantly told by the passers-by crossing in front of my store who like to start off conversations with me in this way. My neighbouring store owners use the same observation as an excuse to explain the failure of their businesses and their desolate existences as a whole. Indeed, right from my very first days at the gallery, with its intestinal interior, I witnessed more and more stores shutting down. The shops inside had moved away and left their slots deserted. In their vitrines, ads popped up to entice new tenants. The landlord tried to mask the gallery's failure by covering up the windows of these empty spaces with photoshopped images of imaginary stores full of merchandise. 
in these two-dimensional stores, the merchandise appears very fashionable and new, but bears no identifiable logos. It was as if a phantom theatre of abstract commerce had been created. A creative attempt, perhaps, yet one that only serves to highlight decay. For example, three stores to the left of my shop, a large empty space has been recently obscured by a huge window sticker depicting a luxurious casino. Further down the avenue, more adhesive window posters depict boutiques with lovely generic clothes. Two stores diagonally across is an elusive two-dimensional toy shop. In front of our store is a beautiful round display stand that I've been told once introduced diamond necklaces, bracelets and earrings from a recently shuttered jewellery store. Now it is covered with a sticker depicting sumptuous gold watches floating in marble spaces, but their time doesn't move and their days are unclear. I sell cosmetics produced by an Israeli company that bases its technology on the minerals and natural resources of the Dead Sea. I need to extract money from women. My role can be briefly summarised as someone who offers a generous and reliable smile and who needs to be loved and admired so that at the end of my interaction with any particular customer, an auditory signal is loudly and clearly heard at the back of the small shop. A sound produced by a grey credit machine signalling permission from this particular customer's credit card company or bank. For a sales clerk like me, this beeping sound epitomises an orgasmic moment in which my world has come to its fullness. A petit mot in the small Dead Sea shop a moment in which tension is finally released and there is no longer any need for the customer to be a customer. My great curiosity and concentration on this particular individual then miraculously disappears and because her role there has come to an end, I carefully, kindly and firmly get her out of the store. So, how does this sales ritual begin? I stand in front of the Dead Sea Cosmetics store. My lips are anointed with bright red lipstick and my attire is black. I hold in my hand the buffer, a dense rectangular sponge the size of a finger. I stretch out this hand towards passers-by in a gesture that is meant to be generous. My smile needs to be wide and very bold. My eyes too must smile. I need to transmit stoic calmness mixed with contagious enthusiasm. Sometimes I call out, Bonjour, madame, to the ladies who pass, but often I simply smile towards them, gazing at a targeted woman as if it is for her I had been waiting. As if out of the whole crowd in Gallery Louise, only she meets the specific criteria I had been searching for. She returns my gaze with a big question mark on her face. What, me? She gestures to her sternum. I continue stubbornly with the generous but obscure gesture of handing her the unattractive sponge. I giggle at her gracefully. She approaches me almost involuntarily 
and a look of confusion haunts her eyes. I hand her the sponge and ask, Do you know what this is? No, is it a perfume? She asks, smelling it. Oh, I say, then I must show you. And I take the sponge away. May I see your hand? She extracts her right hand from her right leather glove and reveals a shabby palm, which she proffers to me. I take hold of her hand and a look of reproach flashes across my face. Oh, please don't look. My nails are a mess. I'm so ashamed, she laments. Do not worry, I reassure her with a relaxing smile. I've seen it all, and in any case, destiny has brought us together. I will save you. Pay attention. I hold the woman's ring finger and raise the sponge emphatically in front of her. This is magic. I place the rough side of the sponge against her nail and start rubbing. The first side is made of diamond powder. I remove the dirt from the surface of the nail for five seconds. I flip over the sponge to the counter side of the rectangle. Now I massage the nail with the grey side. This is soft silk. This stimulates the blood circulation around your nail and underneath your nail. It helps your nail grow stronger and faster. I pause. Our nails also need to be massaged like the rest of our body. And now, I turn the sponge to the big white side. Now we will use a secret technology developed by our company. I point with glory towards the sign on top of the shop entrance, indicating our company's name. Our company is from the Dead Sea. Have you heard about the Dead Sea? Oh, of course, yes. Um, but I've never been there. Not yet, I correct with a smile. I hope you will get there someday. It is a beautiful place and very beneficial for your health. Well, I continue rubbing her nail with the white side of the sponge. Now we will cover your nail in order to strengthen it and preserve it. And here is also a petite surprise. Are you ready for a surprise? I open my big blue eyes widely towards her, sizzling a secretive smile. Are you ready? Do you promise you'll control yourself and not yell out of joy? By this, I build up the tension. Come towards the light. I drag her by the hand towards the halogen lamp that illuminates the store's display window. Ready? I ask again. She nods with a smile thinking to herself that I am totally insane. Here you go. Voila. Her nail, ta 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 tum remains more or less as it was, still slightly dirty underneath, but now wrapped in a dry, shiny coating, as if lacquered with transparent nail polish. Wow, she says. Exactly, I answer. Touch it. It's dry. This is no nail polish, no chemical. This is natural, I pronounce proudly. Naturally, she acts as if she is excited, just like the way people laugh at the end of a joke, even if the punchline isn't very funny. 
They laugh because they realize it is expected of them. And people, by default, love to please. In any case, this does not matter to me. What matters is that I have made her an active joint force in the experience I am trying to create. While she plays the required role and operates properly, I shove in her hand the sponge and urge her to try using it herself on one of her fingernails while I cheer. Are you able to create the magic yourself? I build up the tension by counting the number of seconds. One, two, three, four, five. She needs to rub each side of the cube. Wow, awesome, we pronounce together, half in jest, half seriously. And do you know how long it will hold on your nail like this? No. Two weeks. Two weeks. You can take a shower, wash dishes, sweep your house and do the gardening and it will still be there. Amazing, she says, forced to cooperate. Finally, she dares to ask, but how much does it cost? Come, I'll show you how it works. I walk into the store without hesitation and she follows. The interior has a hinted spa atmosphere to it, created by off-white and light blue walls. The greyish-blue PVC floor is slightly textured, yet not too noisy, just enough to disguise small stains and occasional dust balls. Formica cupboards and counters, handleless drawers, a few simple high chairs, all white and intended to be undistracting. Apart from that, are relish-looking products. Jars and bottles, tubes and gift boxes, all designed with the dominance of gold or silver, and all carry the company's logo somewhere very noticeably on their surface. A large framed poster hung on the back wall behind the cash register shows a beautiful scenery of the Dead Sea. The poster is also stamped with the company's logo, superimposed at the bottom of the setting. Give me your right hand again, I command the customer as she enters the space. The hand is humbly served. Now, we need to take care of your cuticles. They are dry. When they're dry, it's not healthy. I tell all my clients that their skin is dry, even when it's not. I can detect, I say to each and every woman who strays into my store, that your skin is particularly sensitive. From my wide experience with the clientele, I've found that all women want to believe they are special, for better or worse. Do you usually do anything about your cuticles? Uh, no. Excellent, I say to her. She is surprised. because. If you would have gone to a beauty salon, they would have cut them and pushed them inside, and that's very bad. The best is to nourish. And I pull out a small tube. This is cuticle oil. It contains minerals from the Dead Sea. You probably know that Dead Sea minerals are very, very nourishing for the skin. It also contains vitamins A and E, which we always lose around our nails. 
But how much does it cost? Just say it. How much is it? She is thinking to herself, but doesn't dare be impolite and ask again. Next thing you know, I've given her the spiel about four products. A cuticle oil that will make your cuticles go away. Bye bye. A quality hand cream that absorbs immediately and leaves the skin feeling as if a silk glove is covering it. A nail file that seems at first glance to be made of a strip of cardboard covered with simple sandpaper, but which I indicate is made of diamond powder. Diamond powder will not break the edges of your nail as others might do. And it has a two-year guarantee. And a two-year guarantee for the magical buffer too. Oh, but I only like the buffer, she finally admits. With an impish grin, I smile and pull out a glittering box. But our deal of the day, and I carefully open the box with the four suspects lined up on a bed of plastic material covered with a felt-like coating. You can, of course, buy the buffer for €35 Euro if you like, but the option of our whole nail kit is much more worthwhile for you today. Here we have the buffer for €35, Euro, as I said, a cuticle oil for €25, Euro, the nail file with diamond powder will cost you €15, Euro, but don't forget the two-year guarantee, and the high-quality hand cream you can buy for €30. Euro. The normal total of the box would then be €105, Euros, but the deal of the day today is a special day. Today you pay only for the buffer and the oil, 35 plus 25, and you receive the whole box, 60, instead of 105. Two years of manicure and pedicure with the natural Dead Sea Minerals for only 60 euros. I stare at her as she lowers her eyes and gazes at the open nail kit. Will she disappoint me after all I've done for her? With all the passion I've demonstrated? With all I've given her, I had gotten so excited for her. Ultimately, it does pay off. The nail actually shimmers. And maybe I, the friendly, overexpressive and full of conviction sales clerk, am actually right about the deal of the day. I seem to know what direction she needs to pursue, and I seem nice and caring with it all. She need not be ashamed of her hands anymore, and she need no longer apologise when she is without gloves. She does not want to look at me because now it is clear that this expressive bonding between us has come to the test of truth. She surrenders. It is expensive for her, but it's worth it. She wants to feel good about herself. She wants to make me feel good with her, and since she has agreed to the deal, she convinces herself in her head that the product is worth the price, for sure, and how much she really needs it. After all, she had left home to meander, the day's nuances had clouded her, and the solutions for small and big troubles weren't clearly in front of her eyes. She had planned this time so she could reflect on matters and try to solve them in the back of her mind. She needs these moments, external to the essence of her life, simple and rewarding, and that requires a certain degree of decision-making, but where the challenge is simple and cute. 
it must also be a challenge that will make her mentally stronger, something that will make her love and believe in herself a bit more so that she can stand strong when she is forced to go back and deal with the tasks and disturbances that are burdening in her normal routine. Deadlines, the high expectations of a husband or an overly concerned partner, of children, of her mother. Maybe she's at a crossroads in an article she's diligently writing. Maybe her dog is sick, or a family member is sick, or a family member just died, or someone she cares about, or someone who she does not care about and feels remorse for not caring. Maybe a boss, or a friend, or a lover. Who knows? But anyway, it is clear to me that the universal reason for humans to get out of their houses and walk through shopping areas is not to fulfil a practical necessity but to practice emotional therapy, a massage for the limps of one's narcissism. This audiobook was created with the support of Level 5, an artist-run cooperative studio based in the city of Brussels. Mm-hmm.